Hello everybody, this is Tamsin Wolf and welcome to Bullseye. This is the 13th episode and it's called Mother. I just wanted to say this does come definitely with a trigger warning because it includes fairly full-on child abuse or an episode of child abuse. So please be aware that that's going to be in it and if you'd rather not listen to that then that's understandable so please don't. This one is an attack of abuse that was actually from my mother this time, it's not one of the men that uh, the series is actually about but I think it's a relevant episode because it certainly turned the corner for me or made me turn the corner as far as my relationship with my mum and pretty much never having one again from this day forward. And I just also wanted to say I've started to do this podcast about how many times have I done it? This is my seventh try tonight. And it's not because of an emotional thing, even though my voice just started going funny then. It's because there's some really wild weather outside and I live on a farm. So the animals are just going absolutely crazy outside. There's lots of barking and mooing and neighing and clucking. And I'm sitting here with a chicken actually in my lap because she was really frightened of the pretty wild wind and the storm that's coming so it's a pretty comical scene this makes me actually want to do a youtube video instead of just a podcast so you can see what's going on here every time i'd start to talk there'd be either a big loud moo all of a sudden or just frenetic barking from the dogs and the chickens running around and it was just bedlam so i just kept waiting until everything was a little bit quieter and it's not actually not really still at this moment, but I just thought, oh, heaven's sake, I'll give it a go. So if you hear lots of farm activity in the background, I don't actually know whether you can. Sometimes I think this mic is better than I think it is, and it actually blocks out a fair bit of noise. But uh, if you do hear that, it's just the way that I live, and I hear it 24-7, so it gives you a little bit of insight into my life. That might be a good thing. But anyway, before I go on to with this story, and it is pretty grim, again, I'll just warn you, I just wanted to say congratulations to Miss Liv Steele and to Miss Lauren Falula Pulse, who were the winners of our sock giveaway from the Sydney Sock Project, the pretty pink and blue socks. And from memory, I think that Livy won the blue ones and Lauren won the pink ones. I'm sorry if I've got that the wrong way around. But yeah, thanks for entering that competition and uh, supporting the show. I just wanted to say too, when I do have these little competitions and giveaways, there's very good odds that you're going to win because this time, I don't know why, but we only had 17 entrants, um, 17 emails I got saying that you wanted to win it. So next time I have a giveaway honestly the odds are very very high that you're going to win it so with numbers like that so as I get a bigger profile obviously I hope there'll be more entrance in competitions and stuff like that and so yeah I'm going to do another one probably in another couple of weeks or so or in the next episode actually so yeah just make sure that you do enter I'll give you the details and everything then obviously to just give me a quick email to say you want to enter the whatever competition it is. And yes, so (laughs) at this point, you've got one in 17 chances of winning. Much better than the whatever it is, 50 state lotto or whatever, lottery, lotto. Anyway, uh, yeah, so congratulations and thanks for entering, you girls. And also another little bit of housekeeping is that if you go to my page, 
Facebook page, My Bullseye Podcast with Tams and Wolf. And always sort of near the top of the page somewhere, there'll be a post that says, do you want to become a patron? And it's just a patron link that you click on. Voice going funny already, not even telling the story yet. But you just tap on the patron thing if you would like to be a patron, and I would love it if you would do that. Even if you were to give a dollar a month, it helps enormously just with the keeping the cost down of doing this and getting it further out there. And yeah, you just tap on it, and it's a really easy process. You can do it for as long or as little as you like. You can um, do just a one-off thing of a couple of dollars, or if you want to give every month, it can be like literally a dollar. So yeah, just if you want to do that, that's wonderful because 20% of the proceeds of that also go to a wonderful organisation called Plan Australia, which is a organisation that just does wonderful work all over the world preventing female genital mutilation and underage marriage and child trafficking or actually human trafficking on lots of levels and they just do some wonderful work so yeah 20 percent of anything you donate as a patron um, actually goes to them as well so it's a really good idea or a good thing to be a part of because we spread the love throughout the world with it and Sorry, I'm trying to take my hands off the table because I think I probably keep creaking it. Creaky old wooden table that I'm recording on. It's all very professional here. Cows, horses, chicken poo on my lap and dodgy mic. But anyway, we'll get better. So, yes, I think that was all the housekeeping. Let me think. Probably something else I was going to say. I am very, very grateful again. Just I've got a really huge... You know, rise in the numbers in the last few weeks as well, and a big rise in the numbers in the UK this time, which I didn't have before. I had a lot um, in the US and a lot in Mexico and a lot in Turkey, I've got. And yeah, quite a lot of numbers. Oh, can you hear the kookaburra? How Australian is that? Hang on, I'll stop talking for a sec so you might be able to hear it. Oh, how's that for an Aussie podcast? I hope you can hear that. There's kookaburras just outside the door in the tree and they're just going off. Really loud, <laughs> whatever they do. But yeah, I really hope that came through. If not, I'm sorry if I just stopped talking then, but I wanted you all to be able to hear it. As they say on Kath and Kim, the sound of Australia. Anyway, um, yeah, there's so I've got numbers in UK now and they just went up really dramatically all of a sudden. I don't know how that happens and how the algorithm works and why suddenly it's popular in one place more than it was before, but I'm very grateful for all of it and the messages I've received and yeah, I'm just going to keep going and hopefully keep growing the numbers and one day I might even had ads to do or things to promote. You never know, sponsors. Hello, fresh ads. That seems to be the one everybody's got. But yeah, I'm slowly getting there. I'm slowly getting to that point. And it's all because of you guys, honestly, so thank you. Anyway, we'll get to the grimness of this story. It's taking up from the last one when I lived in the little flat I always talk about, the little unit that was virtually on my own most of the time. And I had had some very sinister experiences already while while I had been living there and there's plenty more to come. Don't worry about that. But this one was just a significant one and why the episode's called Mother is because it's a very significant turning point about uh, how I felt about my mother. I mean, I 
any feeling I had for my mother was diminishing very quickly even before this, that this was quite the doozy that kind of, you know, put the, what did they call it, nail in the coffin or whatever. But yeah, I was alone all the time, pretty much there, and I would have been going on 14, I reckon, when this one happened. And I just used to, you know, be there alone most of my most of the nights on my own, and you know, just sort of put myself to bed. And I was very self-sufficient. I had to learn to be. And this one night, I'm trying to think how to make it coherent in a way. Um, yeah, this one night I had gone to bed on my own, and as far as I knew, Mum wasn't coming home that night because she very often didn't, and I wasn't expecting her at all. So I would have just gone to bed thinking that I was going to be there on my own overnight as usual. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm a very deep sleeper too, or I very much used to be when I was younger. And that's sort of relevant to the story because you can just probably picture how very unexpected and awful the whole thing was. I was just would have been deeply asleep, and I know I was. And I woke all of a sudden to my mother um, physically and literally pulling me out of bed by my hair and just sort of can't even begin to explain how horrific this was and how just overwhelming it was. It was like a, having a nightmare and then actually I think that I thought that I was having a nightmare and then actually realised I wasn't. But she was just pulling me physically out of bed by my hair and there were tufts of hair coming out and I remember just seeing them lying on the floor and the actual light really... I had had very, very long hair up until just not long before that, and I'd actually cut it all off. And so it was a, a fairly short for just a little while. I used to have like waist length dark hair, and for some reason I'd cut it off at that point. Anyway, but she dragged me out of the bed and, you know, when just out of a deep sleep, so I didn't know what was going on. I, I honestly remember believing if it wasn't a nightmare, it was a home invasion. I think it was just somebody that I obviously didn't know. But it turned out to be my mum and she dragged me sort of bodily out of the bed and threw me to the floor. And I just wanted to maybe say it's not so much that it's making any excuse for this behaviour. But although, I mean, she's had some incredibly crazy moments in the past before this and she had hit me before. She certainly hit my sister before or hurt my sister. That's another whole story. But she wasn't a real hitter like she wasn't sort of well, I suppose she is and she was like telling this story but you know as a general rule she wasn't you know she'd give you the backhand across the face which you know I think was a big thing with the parents in the 80s just a an out of the blue backhander sort of thing that you weren't expecting certainly and when we lived in that little that she did do some really insanely crazy things when she was in a right old mood and like one day literally chased me round the flat with a kettle of boiling water trying to splash it all over me while she screamed that she hated me and I was a bitch. I don't know what for that time. Um, but she yeah, had chased me with, I'm, I'm not laughing again, not laughing because it's funny. It's just because it's just such an insane image in my head of this memory of her just physically boiling the kettle with the intention of chasing me around the house and splashing me with it and trying to burn me. And so, you know, she did do some insane things. She went crazy a couple of times with, I remember one time a hockey stick and then another time a cricket bat that happened to be sitting there. I don't know why they were sitting there because I was the unsportiest person that ever lived. 
honestly don't even know who they would have belonged to. But the yeah, so she did definitely have very mental interludes of hurting me. But this, you know, nothing compared to this is what I'm getting at. Just saying it wasn't something she would regularly do, and you know, not sort of without cause, as what I might say or how I might put it. And and I just remember as I came to kind of thing and just realised what was happening, I just had absolutely no idea what was going on or why she was doing this and what had caused it. And anyway, so she threw me to the floor and she was punching me, she was kicking me as hard as she could. Remember, she kicked me in the head as hard as she could. And it was just like this, almost like in a cartoon when you sort of get that explosion of fireworks in your head for a minute um, when you get an injury kind of thing that's what it felt like I just remember this yeah it just felt like an explosion of sparks almost and just this terrible pain in my neck and head when she booted me in it and it just seemed to go on for ages it might have only gone on for five minutes or so I don't know but it seemed to go on forever I just honestly wouldn't be able to tell you how long literally it was but she was hitting me kicking me punching me scratching me and at the same time, screaming, just screaming over and over again. I was a slut. I was a bitch. She hated me. The slut word was the one that kept coming through over and over. I hope I don't get in trouble for that word. Hello, algorithm lady or man or bot or whoever does this. Am I allowed to say that word? I'll, anyway, I'll say the S word just in case that does, for some reason, get the story taken down. Yeah, it was the S word, the B word. Um, just yeah, ray, absolute raging. I've never seen her in a rage like it. And yeah, with the chunks of hair coming out. And I remember just being so embarrassed for a couple of weeks after that because I had a couple of bald patches on top of my head where she pulled the hair out. And I just remember her, it just went on and on and on. And then eventually I had the presence of mind. I was just screaming, What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And eventually, her screaming and swearing and carrying on became coherent enough for me to realise that what had happened was that she'd gotten home unexpectedly and that, you know, just to set up the scene, if she came home unexpectedly like that, it, it could only have been because she must have had a fight or something with my stepfather and decided to come home that night. That could have been the only explanation. So she must have been in a rage to start with, I would imagine. But, of course, they sent her over the edge so she could take it all out on me, as per usual. And she apparently had come home. She'd gone into the lounge area where in our little flat, and my school bag had been sitting there, the school bag from the day, and on a day that I must have been to school. And she'd gone through it for whatever reason to have a look what was in it. She never showed any interest in things like this any other day. To look in my school bag, she wouldn't have known what I was doing at school, what school work, what anything. She just had no interest. So why she looked in it, I don't know. But it just so happened that this day, because I think I've talked about that before, that we were very big on passing notes um, at school at that time because we didn't have, but remember again, we didn't have phones or texts or anything like that. So we used to scribble notes to each other, my friends and I, and even to each other on the way to classes and that kind of thing, stick them in each other's bags and we would have stuck them in each other's lockers if we'd had them. I always wish we'd had lockers like American schools, or well, they always do in American movies anyway. We didn't have that. We just had our daggy old school bags that I'm sitting at the front of the classroom. But anyway, <laughs> I do digress. 
I, uh, to get back to the point, I, yeah, she'd found in it a piece of screwed up paper that had, and I hadn't even written it. That was the whole thing. It was just, a, it was given to me by somebody else and I would have no idea who, but it was just like a dirty poem, like a, and I wished to goodness I could remember it because if I could, I'd recite it now. I can't even remember what was in it or how it started or, you know, it would have been just something completely stupid that 13 and 14 year olds passed to each other at school that had something to do with, I, I honestly don't even know. They probably A holes, B holes, boobs. I don't know what to say that I won't get in trouble for saying on the podcast. But it was probably something, you know, overtly sexual, I would imagine. And just definitely silly, like some kind of dirty limerick, or I don't know. I honestly, I couldn't even begin to guess what it was. To guess, that was a very Kiwi accent I just lapsed into there. I wouldn't be able to guess what it was, but it can't have been that bad. We were school kids, and I mean, God knows what it was. It would just be silly and pathetic and not worth getting your knickers in a knot over. That's for sure, but apparently that's what she'd found, the note that I'd been passed by somebody that had this dirty poem or song or whatever on it, and that was enough. That was apparently enough to set her off, and it's just like there's no explanation. There's no logical explanation as to why anybody would do this, but she just decided that I was the S and um, called me every name under the sun for having this in my possession in my school bag. And another thing, I mean, again, don't really need to set up any kind of excuses or anything here. I don't know, but we weren't we weren't a um, prudish family in that way. Like even with all the hell going on around us, you know, we had a, we've all had a sense of humour. We all, you know, had a sharp sense of humour, and a, and we certainly all swore regularly. And you know, it wasn't like we were a really I don't know what you'd call it, but it, I, it was just like a complete bizarre overreaction to something that she normally wouldn't have any reaction to at all, or she might have even laughed. So that made it all the more horrific, as I just didn't know what she was talking about or why she was so upset. But on, on and on it went, and uh, I just kept saying I didn't write it. It wasn't. It's not mine. I didn't. I don't even know where it came from. I don't even know who wrote it. It just would have been. It was probably just a known song or poem that was probably passed around every school in the country. I don't know. Who knows? But I, it, it was just baffling. It was absolutely baffling and very, very upsetting and horrible, of course. And I just, I skipped to the next day because that night I just remembered just being a complete mess, like a complete I was in shock. I definitely believe I was in shock because I had absolutely no idea what was going on. And it was kind of like with all the crap going on around us and me feeling like I was finally, you know, semi-safe in that new place, even though I obviously wasn't with all the other assaults that are going to take place there. But, um, yeah, up to that point, even though, yeah, the horrible thing with the stalker had already happened and everything, I just didn't literally wouldn't have ever seen this coming anyway so oh and it's just it's always funny I always talk about it but it's just that you know my eyes and nose just all filled up and started running then as I told this story and it's not like I'm exactly crying but it's just this overwhelm of emotion comes in and it's just such a weird thing because it sort of manifests as this physical weird thing with the croaky voice and everything but 
Maybe I just need to have a good old sob one day. Although I do do that. But anyway, I am blathering on today. But yeah, so skip to the next day. And I just want to make this clear that mum was never, no matter what happened, she was never an apologiser. She would never say sorry for anything. And not that I could ever remember. She just always made excuses for everything and justify everything she ever did to any of us. So it wasn't really in her nature to do that. And the next day, I just remember I didn't go to school or anything. I I actually laid in bed. I remember for the next probably two or three days, I just laid on my bed and I had my, um, what is it called? How could I forget? Oh, my goodness. What am I? Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield. What on earth are those books called? Not. I got I cannot believe. I cannot remember what they're called. Oh my goodness, it's just making me feel really nutty. I can't remember what they're called. Not Spring Valley, not Sw- Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High. My God, I would have just laid awake tonight trying to remember what that was. Yeah, so I had my Sweet Valley High books that I had a couple of and I just read and read and reread them and reread them for comfort over the next few days. And I just, I can't describe how just depressing and horrible those few days were. Uh, and I was, I didn't go to school. I remember I deliberately just, I mean, not that I probably had to tell mum anyway, because she wouldn't have cared, but I just was saying to mum, I'm not going to school like this because I had bruises up and down my legs and on the side of my face, I had a bruise and I had the, the tufts of my hair that had come out. I had scratch marks. I, I just looked like I'd been, oh, what's that? Hey, Vinny, hop off. Sorry, I don't know whether there's going to be a really big pause there and that that won't be able to be edited out. I'm not sure, but I just got cut off where my staffy dog was jumping all over the cords and something happened to the recording, so I've had to start over again. And I'd e- I'll either have to do this in two parts, like a part one and a part two of this story, if my lovely editing guy, if he can't put these together as one episode, I'm he's very clever, he probably can, but if for some reason that's not possible, there's going to be a part one and a part of this. So I'm sorry if it is going to end up being a bit disjointed like that. Just in case, I'll just say this is the 13th episode of Bullseye with Tams and Wolf, and it's the part two of Mother. Um, So that might have been not necessary to say that, but just in case you do just happen upon this episode and it's not with the first one. Um, Honestly, don't know what's going to happen there, but we'll work it out. Anyway, so what I was saying is mum is not an apologiser and never has been and that I didn't go to school for the next few days because I was covered in bruises and scratches and hair coming out and everything. I just felt completely humiliated, I remember that. And But the, what the really weird thing was is the night, the following night after she'd done that, she came home again. And again, it was sort of rare for her to come home a couple of nights in a row like that. But she did this night. And I remember just, I'd never, as crazy as she was, I was never truly terrified of her as I was after this. I just remember hearing her car pull up the next evening and just having absolutely no idea what I was going to be faced with with her and what she was going to say or do. And I just totally thought she'd lost the plot completely at that point and anyway she came in and I remembered her coming in to to sort of kneel beside my bed 
was really odd and she was crying and um, and I remember just being really fixated on her nose because her nose was really running as well and it was really grossing me out and making me feel sick that she had snot running out of her nose because she was crying a lot and I know that shouldn't have been the thing I was fixated on but I remember just thinking that because I really felt like it was just such a horrible feeling as a child just to feel like I really had no feeling for her as a mother anymore at all ever again I don't think after that it was just so awful after everything else we'd been through together and anyway so she was crying and and she just kept saying I'm sorry I'm so sorry and I don't know why I did that and and it seemed very genuine which is not like her at all again to be genuine in that way like she just is full of it most of the time but I really believed that she was very genuinely sorry because she just seemed really almost in shock herself at doing it it was a very weird thing and I just said that I forgived her and everything just to get it over with even though I just didn't want anything to do with her after that and I you know I've just never felt the same way again I think I did have some love for her up to that point regardless of everything that she'd allowed me to go through with my stepfather and everything Again, if you can hear my staffy going off in the background now, he's just trying to get my attention being silly and growling and rolling on the floor. I, honestly, this weather, this windy weather is making all the animals act really crazy tonight, like being in Bethlehem in a barnyard or something. Yeah, just calm down, everyone. God, it's incredible. I honestly don't know whether you can hear it or not, but so, um, yeah, I just... Yeah, that was just the turning of the corner of not having any trust, any faith, any feeling for my mum pretty much ever again after that. And and what happened after that too, that I always just think it's, you know, not that I ever needed to have salt rubbed into the wounds, you know, at the best of times with any of these things, it didn't need to sort of get any worse, I don't think. But I know, see, I feel like I'm going to get a bit emotional saying this because it's just such a horrible, horrible memory that I remember because she pulled my hair out as she, as she had and there was a bruise on the side of my face and neck where I, where she'd kicked me as well. That And again, time-wise, I might be not quite accurate about this, but I reckon it was for another good six months or a year after that, I developed this weird kind of wobble in my neck like my head it I remember what it felt like it was really weird it felt like my head wasn't on my shoulders properly and and like I didn't have full control of my neck muscles for ages and and it was really embarrassing and what the really horrible bit is what just gives you a bit more insight into my family and the sort of people they are is that I just they tease me about it for for months afterwards because I wish I could explain it a bit better what I what it looked like or what I'd be doing, but I'd be talking and I remember my best friend at school that was very supportive of me at the time, the one that I'd written the letter to in the birthday party episode. And she I remember her bursting out crying one day at school, um, because she was very empathic in that way and everything, and she because I kept doing it all the time, this weird thing with my neck, and she just was so distraught and upset and just said, you know, what the fuck did your mother do? And 
was just really, really upset because she thought that, you know, it's some sort of disability or some problem I was going to have forever, which it probably looked like it was going to be forever at the time because it just kept going on and on, that I'd just be talking or just standing there and my neck would physically wobble or my head would wobble on my neck, if that makes sense. It would sort of wobble from side to side and totally involuntarily I wouldn't know it was going to happen, but I'd have absolutely no control of it. And it was really embarrassing because people would comment or say things, you know, was there something wrong with my neck or had I been in an accident? And But with my family, I just remember this relentless, horrible teasing, especially from my sister and who, again, I think, as Jennifer Aniston said about Brad Pitt one day, there's some sort of sensitivity chip missing there and there definitely is with my sister. But, yeah, I remember just being relentlessly teased and I because it would happen and I wouldn't realise it was happening for a sec and they'd take take me off, like, um, what do you call it, like mimic me, my mum and my sister, and they'd mimic me and laugh and wobble their heads as if it was really funny. And I had this full-on injury from this attack. And oh, as I'm saying it, I just think, be sorry, F me, Dad, I want to say in a very Aussie way, not swearing. Mr. Algorithm person. Um, yeah, but just, you know, I just think, imagine if that was my kid and I had done something like that to them. I mean, God has forbid. I just can't even wrap my head around thinking that there's just no way. If I had injured my child in that way or hit them to start with, and which I've never done with my child, but if I had and injured him and damaged him to the point where he had a weird affliction because of it. Imagine laughing and imagine teasing them about it when you'd done it to them. I just, it's completely baffling now. And I just think, no wonder I very much went no contact with my mum many times. And up to this point now, it's permanent, which is a very blessed thing. Because I only have to think of some of these things sometimes. And I just can't believe that that was my mum. Anyway, so, yeah, so besides teasing me, and and also the thing was is that it was sort of quite painful too a lot of the time, and I remember telling mum a lot of the time that it was painful and and I couldn't turn my head properly and stuff like that, and, and I just clearly remembered there was never any trip to the doctor, there was never treatment, there was never talk of treatment. There was just nothing. I just remember it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's just another thing that's going on. And, you know, we'll just wait till you get over that. And so I just remember being again alone in this little flat all the time with these, as I talked about before, this, the yelling male voices in my head all the time. So it was a definite mental health issue was going on as well. And then having this wobbly head and neck from mum attacking me I wasn't eating hardly anything at any point except at school where my friends would often give me some change and stuff to get stuff from the tuck shop and they were always very kind and generous to me, my friends. So without them, I don't know what would have happened, but I didn't have, we never had food at home. I never had money of my own. It just, it was just a miserable time. So yeah, it was just horrible. I just, when I think of it now, it was just very, very dark, very depressing and, you know, it just beggars belief, I think, in a lot of ways that that any family can think like that about a 13, you know, slash 14-year-old child that needed help, desperately needed help, and I just didn't get any of it at any time. So, so the relevance of me telling this story is just because, you know, in the next 
couple of stories. I'll be there'll be other um, things that are about the men that came along, the really disgusting, horrible men that come into the story, and yeah, did very much take advantage of the most vulnerable kid they must have known, and which is what they do, predators. But yeah, it just sort of colours the story. I think of just to show you that my whatever relationship I had with mum was non-existent after this, if there ever was one before that. And I would have just never trusted her again and never will, not just because of this incident. My God, I could go on all day about the incidents where I don't trust my mother. But, yeah, so I hope that there's some sort of insight that you get from that story just to kind of set the background of what else was going on in my life. And actually, in the next episode, I was thinking I was going to put together an episode about the all the stuff going on with um comedian I don't know whether that's the right term at the moment comedian Russell Brand the stuff going on with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis and some of the stuff that's coming out to do with formerly much loved celebrities and stuff like that that is just truly horrific and depressing and I think I will actually in the next episode put together just a a few things that I've thought about to do with those issues and to do with uh, the Danny Masterson stuff and the 70s show guy that has been jailed for 30 years for rape. And I don't know whether I can say that. For heaven's sake, I don't know. We know we're not allowed to say that either. We're supposed to say grape, apparently. So arrested for grape, my goodness. So anyway, yeah, so it's just been so awful it's just day after day at the moment of just horrific unfoldings of people that you know not necessarily I was really once a great fan of I have detested Russell Brand from the minute I ever set eyes on him to be honest and that was many many years ago I've always thought he was incredibly creepy and none, none of this news about him has surprised me to be honest but I just what the point of the next episode was going to be talking about these kind of stories is that it's just not going to end. I feel like we need to be really prepared for just more and more stories coming out about people that we might have been quite fond of or we might have seen as you know, reasonably benign, innocent characters. And I'm beginning to wonder, just honestly, and I'm probably a bit slow on the uptake there, that I wonder if there's anyone in Hollywood at all that you know is a good person or you know was or is or hasn't got these skeletons in their closet that are just absolutely horrific it's it just seems to be you know like um what do you call them like dominoes coming down at the moment just one after the other and the shocks just get bigger and bigger and yeah I just feel that there's probably a lot of you out there like I do that just actually get quite down about it sometimes and I've really realized that I've got to just really realize that these people are just people uh, there's often a lot of narcissism and darkness involved in their climb to the top and often a big part of where they got where they are or how they got where they are um, is through them being the kind of people that they are and the advantage they've taken of people over and over again and horrific treatment of people on their path. So, yeah, I, I think it's, well, I know it's just going to get much worse over the next year or so and... I just think, yeah, we've got to prepare ourselves just that I was actually going to call the next episode We Don't Need Another Hero to borrow from a Tina Turner track because that's how I feel at the moment. Any hero that I previously had just doesn't exist anymore in my mind as, you know, anyone I would look up to. I have had heroes over the years in many uh, kind of 
yeah, many aspects of the arts and you know, with music and even writers, I could tell you about that turned out to be absolute a-holes. Yeah, but writers and actors and musicians, all of those kind of people, people that are very elevated in society for, you know, supposedly for their deeds and their talent. It's all coming crumbling down at the moment and yeah, there's not going to be much grace left, I think, in, in you know, Hollywood and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we, we could have prepare ourselves just to not be shocked by anything, I think, is probably the best way. And, yeah, not to see anybody as any elevated being in any way because they're just simply not. They're capable of terrible, terrible things. And people can do, be and do amazing things and amazing people at the same time that they can do appalling, appalling things. So they don't have to be mutually exclusive attributes of people. They can be happening at the very same time. Well, not that they can be a good person and be doing terrible things. I don't mean it. Uh, that's not what I mean. But they can be seemingly doing good in the world at the same time as they're using that for a cover to do very horrendous things. And it's very heartbreaking on a lot of levels. A lot of many is the time I've laid, lied awake at night, lay awake, lied awake at night, um, just feeling really what I call heart sore. I get a pain in my heart. It's kind of like a grief pain. It's a really weird thing where I just, you know, one after the other of these people comes out and it destroys your childhood memories. It destroys, you know, funny, happy memories you might have had of TV shows you watched and music you loved and books you read and perished and all that kind of thing. And then you just realise some of the people behind these things are just almost quite literally the devil, I think. So I will do that because I think it'd probably be quite an interesting episode. If you want anything, if, if you're sort of interested in hearing anything in particular, not just what I think, but just kind of, you know, any topic you might like me to include to do with these people at the moment, just drop me an email at probably just at my email, tamsandwolf at gmail.com. Oh, either that one, tamsandwolf, T-A-M-S-I-N-W-O-L-F-E at gmail.com or my bullseye podcast at gmail.com. So either one, just drop me a quick email and just say what you'd like me to include in that episode if there's something in particular or someone in particular or a story you're following because um, I'll try to do it as professionally as I can and with as much you know, true, clear information as I can. I'll try not to speculate or be biased in any way. It's hard not to be when you're very furiously angry with these people but I'll do my best to just present things as in as balanced a way as I possibly can, but just to talk about it because I think, you know, the more we talk about it, the more we can heal as with anything. But yeah, the world's just a very odd place at the moment in a lot of ways and, you know, in a lot of ways not what we thought it once was when we were younger and innocent. But still, I still like to think I'm a fairly optimistic person though still can be in many ways and I hope to spread some some sort of comfort and warmth and love with what I do here and yeah anything you ever want to tell me talk about any feedback you just go to my bullseye podcast at gmail.com drop me a line and yeah, I just want to thank you again for your support again I'm not sure whether this is this episode's going to end up in one or two parts now or they're going to be able to 
mesh it together, but I'm sure my clever fellow will. Again, I'm not real good on the technology stuff with this, so there's a guy that does it that's, I don't know whether he'd want me to mention his name, but yeah, he's very um, reliable and he's been wonderful. So we'll see what he can do with it. After the staff, he jumped all over the cords. And yeah, again, if you want to become a patron, that's on my Facebook page, my Bullseye Podcast with Tams and Wolf. Just click on the link and I really, really appreciate that. And I'll have another giveaway soon. And yeah, I think that's probably it for now. This has been episode 13 and it's called Mother for obvious, re- obvious reasons. And yeah, I'll see you pretty soon. I would think I'll put together this Hollywood-esque episode and I'll come back and do that. And thanks for everything. And I love you. Bye.